Tom Capadia. We're super stoked to be back for this third episode. After missing last week, we haven't posted an episode in two weeks, and we were bummed about that, but we've got a jam-packed episode this week. We're first going to be getting into Russell Wilson and his trade situation, and also Dak Prescott, which was the biggest topic from last night, and his crazy deal. And then after that, we're going to get into a full list of the franchise tag players, and then we're also going to kind of transition after that into rating our top eight players heading into free agency now that the franchise tag deadline is over or has passed. Um, And then after those eight top free agent players, we will be giving our four underrated free agents that we think teams should go after. So we're going to be doing two apiece. I'm going to do two, and then AZ is going to do two. And then that's probably going to wrap up our episode for today. So just to kind of get a little background on why we didn't post an episode last week, I somehow came up with a positive COVID test. Somehow. Let, let, let me explain. So basically, I was, I was home, I've been home for the past two and a half weeks or so. So the last episode that we did, I actually came from home to UVA just to do the episode and then went right back home after that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been home for a really long time. And I had been home for almost a week before, like the whole week before that, um, before I, I got my, my positive test. And so it was weird. I wasn't I wasn't feeling any symptoms, and we have to do weekly prevalence testing here. So I had to come back and get my test, and it came out positive. I, I feel like that was it was kind of an anomaly in my opinion. I didn't feel any symptoms. My family didn't feel any symptoms. We didn't think I was positive. I didn't think that they were positive because. But I mean, you had COVID. Yeah, but like I get I get sick almost every year with some kind of cold or flu or whatever in the in the winter, and. It's weird that I didn't get symptoms with COVID if I even did have it. But I then, after I got my positive test, I even went to an urgent care center, an actual medical center in Richmond, and I tested negative there. And so, I don't know. I I still had to isolate because they told me that they had to treat a positive test as a positive test, regardless of whether I have a negative test after it. So I still isolated at home. So I couldn't even come just for the day to do the, the podcast with AZ just you know, just in, just in respect for him. And so, yeah, so that's, that's basically why we couldn't come out with an episode last week. But like we, like I said, we're super stoked to get this episode going. And um, while I was home, I, I was actually watching the players championship. And so, well, cause I got back today. I, I just got back today. So the players championship, hopefully um, I don't get COVID. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's sitting right across the table from me right now. So. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was watching the Players' Championship, and it made me think of the golf job, or the, the, the job that I had at a golf course over the summer. So essentially, the first month of quarantine, so from March until April, around that time there, I was just sitting on my butt doing nothing. I As usual. <laughs> I literally had nothing to do, <laughs> and I needed to get up and do something. It was mainly my mom that pushed me to do it. But, you know, she told lazy. me to hmm? – Lazy. Yeah, okay. I, I, I was lazy. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, so I, you know, I got off my butt. I applied to a job at a golf course. It's called the First Tee of Greater Richmond. I think, I'm think i pretty sure First Tee is a franchise across the United States. So if you're in another state listening, then – He was a caddy. <laughs> I wasn't a caddy, no. <laughs> I kind of wish, though. Dude. Some of the old guys are funny. But, um, yeah, so – I got a job at, at first year Greater Richmond and I worked there and I was part of the outside staff, so I wasn't a caddy. 
But basically what I did was wash and sanitize carts because at that time COVID was kind of at its height. Um, and so we had to sanitize carts and everything like that. And there were some, some days that were harder than others and everything, but probably the worst part about my job was picking the range. So of course, of course they, they were going, they had been going under renovation for the past six months. So they opened up in May and I started, I started working there right when they opened back up and they were closed since December of 2019. But of course, when they open up, when they open back up, the one thing that they don't have, they have all these nice renovations. The one thing they don't have is a cart picker that picks balls up off the driving range. And but that's so, what you're for. They, yeah, exactly. They, that's what they hired me for. You know, they they saw this. That, that's your only use. <laughs> they saw they saw this little this little kid come along and they said, "Oh yeah, we'll just use him to pick up the balls." Yeah. So essentially, what we had to do instead of use the cart was, and if you ever if you've ever seen a, a picker cart, they're called picker carts. If you ever seen one, it's like this. It's like a golf cart, but a big mechanism on the front that pretty much just has um, has these little tire things that stick into the ground. And they. If you guys have ever been to like Top Golf or something like that, you yeah, Top Golf, seen them all the time. Any, yeah, any driving range really. You try to hit those carts on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <there's> a, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so as you can imagine, if you're trying to hit a cart, you could also try <laughs> to hit a person. Hate it. <laughs> yeah. So essentially my job was to not use the car because that was broken. I had to go out there literally no, no protection, anything. I was <laughs> wearing AirPods and wearing, <laughs> wearing my UVA hat out there. And I had, to, I had to use hand shaggers to pick up probably about, I would say, an average of 1,500 to 2,000 balls a day. Oh and God. it sucked. Dude, it sucked so bad. I, you got hit, right, a lot of times? I, I, I actually almost <laughs> did get hit. There was, there was one that I actually had to dodge. And, of course, yeah. when – when guys go up to the driving range and I'm picking out there, I let the front desk know. And so the front desk tells them, you know, hit away from where Hayden is because you don't want to hit him. But they don't care. Nah, and you got to do the opposite half, of that. And, and half the guys up there, they're like 70 years old and can't control where their ball goes. Or they're, you know, 20 years old and they're just trying to show off for their girlfriend. And so they're just taking a whack at it and it's like whizzing past my face dude it's yeah it was it was terrible that was definitely the worst part of my job but it, other than that i would say working at a golf course it's probably one of the most th fun things you can do it i got so much exercise from it i got a nice tan too and so all right let's was, get on let's get on with was the, the real it, stuff yeah. the, the, the entertaining he, stuff is he not the boring stuff he doesn't want to hear about my tanning does he no nah, <laughs> i want to hear about russell wilson oh he wants to hear Zach about prescott he wants to hear about let's russell go. Wilson. all right well let's go <laughs> <laughs> to start well to start off Russell Wilson he hasn't demanded a trade out of Seattle yet we think that he probably will sometime soon and this whole thing kind of started um, when the, when the stories came out about Russell Wilson being traded there was an there's also a story from when they played I think it was either their first or second game against the Cardinals um, that basically he was trying to suggest I think it was the later part of the season because the first yeah. the earlier part of the season their offense was clicking I yep. mean they were they were they had a great offense. They had a great offense, offensive scheme, but towards the later end of the season, they didn't. They kind of lost that firepower, and so they had to like start relying on the passing game more because I think like Chris Carson and all their backs were like getting injured and stuff like that, so they're throwing the ball more. Yeah, exactly. So apparently, Wilson Russell Wilson was in a meeting with all the offensive um, coordinators and all the offensive coaches Head and coach too. Yeah, and apparently he was suggesting fixes that they could that they could do to their offense and you know ways to fix their offense because they weren't clicking as well and apparently they 
either ignored him or they just weren't really listening to him and they weren't really taking his suggestions at so all. So he, he, his main thing was, you know, he, he's gr- scrambling around the pocket like 24-7. Like he has to yeah. get out. And he had, he had pretty – if you guys watch like Seahawk football, like he did not really have a lot of protection. Um, and, you know, we obviously know how important like, – like I said in our first episode, like the game starts in the trenches, and trenches meaning the defensive line and offensive line. And we obviously saw in the Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes could barely get a throw off because, you know, he was on two backup offensive tackles, you know, like, you know, another backup offensive lineman. So we see how important an offensive line is to a quarterback. No matter how good you are, you you can be Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, you still got to have that offensive line. And so, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, just having a general, like, true concern went to the head coach and, you know, to the offensive coach was like, hey, guys, we got to fix this offensive line. And I don't even think it was anything like, hey, you got to do this right now. It was more of like, hey, so in the offseason, let's, like, focus on free agency or, like, hey, let's draft an offensive lineman in the first round. And I think they just completely took that, like, dude, like, you're a player, like, let let us handle this. And, like, Mm -hmm. I sort of disagree with that because, I mean, Russell Wilson has taken you to the Super Bowl, what, twice by now? Yeah. And yep. like he like he has some authority to say like hey guys like when you're like for example Tom Brady and I know we can't compare him to Tom Brady but if Tom Brady says hey I want this for example he brought Rob Gronkowski and he said I want Antonio Brown they made it happen. Yeah. So you like and Russell Wilson like he you know, I know he's still like sort of young and stuff but like like he, he I don't think he's ever he's, asked for anything he's, or anything He's a like franchise that. quarterback. Yeah, too, he's a so. franchise quarterback and he's brought the Seahawks to like winning seasons every single year and he's never really been injured either. So, I mean like when he comes to you maybe like and I think this might be the first time he's ever done this and you go to like the front office and you're like, "Hey, like can we get offensive lineman help?" and they just sort of like, "Dude, like no, like let us handle this." So, I think it's very understandable of like why these first I was like, "Dude, what? Like this is not happening. Like Seattle's not trading Russell Wilson. I hope they don't trade him. I think he should stay in Seattle. I hope they work things out and, you know, they have to get it off the line. But, you know, right now a lot of things are up in the air. This, you know, this offseason has already been sort of crazy. So, he came out, you know, saying well he didn't necessarily come out but there's a report saying that you know his top destinations you know if he were to be traded keep in mind he also has a no trade clause which where do we see that again we see that in deshaun watson's yeah. contract um who you know he gets to decide where he wants to be traded mm-hmm. otherwise he would just sit out or just say no you know and so russell wilson can decide where he wants to go and if he if the seahawks decide to trade him somewhere like he can't he doesn't have to you know go there so there's a report saying that you know his top destinations were the bears Cowboys Saints Raiders so the Cowboys obviously with you know the Cowboys locking up um Dak Prescott last night to a to a large contract that's not going to happen anymore um the Raiders um their general manager Mike Mayock and their head coach John Gruden they've came out saying that you know they support Derek Carr um I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan but Hayden said you know he he likes Derek Carr and he sees you know potential in him so I do yeah I think th- I think he's a good quarterback I think that he just he needs some more developing and I don't I don't really I don't really know how I feel about him and John Gruden um but you know it that that's their situation and I, I think that they'll be able to to figure it out but like AZ said uh yeah so and then you, know, you the have Raiders you have the Saints it. you know you have the Saints with Drew yeah. Brees like no one knows what he's doing like I think man's just trying to get attention right now um but I, I think he needs to retire um Taysen Hill's pretty awesome you know he, he can do everything like we saw last season um, Jameis Winston is a free agent. 
Um, but I think like I think the Saints will try to keep Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston will also be willing to take less money to stay with the Saints. Yeah. Just because you know he backed up Drew Brees, he learned the offense for a year. New Orleans, like I know, like players will like to play there because of Sean Payton. He's a good head coach, good offensive mind. So Jameis Winston will you know will probably try and want to stay there. So you know that just leaves us with the Bears, and I think the Bears are an amazing option for Russell Wilson. I like keep telling Hayden, I was like, dude, the Bears, like he, like his apparently his top destination is the Bears as well. And dude, like honestly, Hayden, if I'm the Bears, like I'm calling Seattle every day until I get Russell Wilson. Like you, like the Bears don't have much right now. They just franchise tagged um, Allen Robinson, which you know we were sort of surprised about. Like I don't think Allen Robinson wants to be there anymore just because yeah. of the quarterback play. Like he wants to just play with a good quarterback. So, um, you know, thinking about it now that they franchise Allen Robinson, like he might want to say if the Bears make a play for Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that you know you have Ryan Pace, your general manager. You have Matt Nagy, their head coach. Both are on the hot seat. Remember, Ryan Pace is the guy that drafted Mitch Trubisky, like, number two overall, like, mm-hmm. three or four years ago, which everyone was like, what? Like, who's Mitch Trubisky? And, <laughs> tra- tra- traded up, what, like, eight, eight yeah, spots? Yeah, like, to gave get up, him like, then, two, three yeah. first-round picks. Like, and then for, they traded up with the 49ers, and the 49ers traded back and got Nick Bosa. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, y'all are dumb. But yeah, trade. So, Ryan Pace, the general manager, is on the hot seat. Matt Nagy hasn't really done much with the offense, and you can't blame too much because, you know, you've been working with um, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. But, you know, if I'm the Bears, go all out. Like, perfect fit. Um, I know Russell Wilson likes a big city and everything like that. Um, I just think the Bears are a really good fit. Their defense is pretty solid with Khalil Mack and company. But, you know, I just I, – I hope that the Seahawks – I still think no matter what, if we're looking at all 32 teams, I feel like the Seahawks are still the best fit for Russell Wilson. But if that relationship is really tarnished and, you know, they can't really resolve anything – like, Bears need to go all in on Russell Wilson. Yeah, the Bears also have a great backfield starting out with David Montgomery. He kind of poured it on at the end of last season. Yep. The beginning of the season for him was not too good, but the the, the end part of the season was definitely um, his best. And so if he can keep that firepower there as well, and if they can, you know, if they can keep, keep him there as well, then I think that Russell Wilson will have a great time there in Chicago. But, you know, we – we're kind of just giving our speculations. Obviously, AZ really wants him to go to the Bears. If he does leave Seattle, I'm kind of neutral. I don't really care where he goes. Um, I, I just I love I love watching him wherever he's going to yeah, be. Yeah, Russell so. Wilson. I mean, yeah. he's probably like my favorite. Like I'm a Falcons fan, but besides the Falcons, like I, I love like the way the Seahawks plays play, and I think like I love Russell Wilson. I I'm a true fan of him, and as a person and as a player, like I think he doesn't get as much respect as he needs to. I know like a lot of people like last year they're like taking him out of the MVP race. And, yeah, I know he didn't have the best season last year, but they're like, dude, like, no, like, Russell Wilson, what are you talking I'm like, man, like, Russell Wilson, like, you know, he performs good, like, each year. The Seahawks haven't really had a great defense either. Like, everyone keeps saying the Seahawks, like, they're known for their defense. And, yeah, like, Legion of Boom, all that stuff. But, like, last season, they didn't really have yeah. a defense. Jamal Adams was literally the – the their best, person. their best edge. Yeah. Ru- it was he was their best edge rusher, yeah. and he's a safety. Like yeah. he's not even and supposed so, to. Like I mean, I don't know. I hope things work out. I think the Bears, like they were in the market for Deshaun Watson too. Uh, again, we don't know what's happening with Deshaun Watson. I'm still sticking by my Panthers prediction. Um, but yeah, I I think the Bears should really go after him. But I mean, I still think that they should try to resolve things and just you know stay there and dra- literally draft an offensive. Like you're gonna need an offensive lineman. So. Like, keep Russell Wilson drafting off his line. Like, simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we you wonder. You have DK. You have Tyler Lockett. Like you're like you have solid receivers. Yeah, I I think everybody hates on DK. Yeah. I think that he's gonna be a beast. I think he's honestly, in my opinion, he he looks like a like a baby lion on the field. Like he he looks. <laughs> I mean, he's huge, obviously, and I feel like I don't know. I I, I feel like he's just like waiting to blow up at some point. He's yeah. you know I. We already saw some of that last yeah, year. Yeah, and some some people are considering him you know top. 10 in the league already yeah. in wide receivers. I don't know if that's quite true yet just because yeah. he needs some development. But, yeah, DK's going to be a he's also, like, he still had a great season with sharing reps with Tyler Lockett. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I honestly, I think he had a better season than Tyler Lockett towards yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's up in the air right now. But moving on to Dak Prescott and his deal uh, last night. AZ can hit you with the details of that deal right now. Yeah, so Dak Prescott um, sort of uh, – out of nowhere, like, kind of thing. Like, I thought, you know, I thought the best route for them was franchise tagging him. But, you know, I'll go into that later. But so the Cowboys signed Dak Prescott to a four-year deal um, that's worth $160 million, which can be up to $164 million, which includes a record. And this is a record number of guaranteed dollars, which is $126 million which is insane. More than, I think, what, Patrick Mahomes, too. So, I mean, it's a record $126 million guaranteed, which, you know, I was telling Hayden this, um, and, and, and if you're wondering, that averages down to, like, 40, like, the first three years average down to $42 million per yeah. year, which is, you know, honestly absurd. And here's why I say this. Um, he's coming, you, we all saw his ankle injury, like, you know, it was pretty disgusting just looking at it, and mm-hmm. It wasn't just some typical anchor injury, which you can come back from. Like, I mean, it was pretty severe. And that's something that people also question. Like, will this guy ever play again? And obviously, like, thankfully, he's good. Um, he's rehabbing fine. Everything's going well. And I don't know. I just, I think, like, he's definitely a franchise quarterback. I think he's a he's a good quarterback. I just don't know if he's worth that kind of money, especially coming off that kind of injury. Yeah, I think, I, I think Prescott... He he's a great quarterback, like Az said, and his ankle injury obviously hurt him a lot and hurt you know his stock a lot. But and I think that this deal is a little absurd as well. I think that they shouldn't have gone over the top like that with him, just because honestly, I it to me it feels like a pity deal or like like a like a pity party, just because obviously everybody feels bad about what happened to him last season. Everybody feels bad that he had to have that injury happen to him and then he has to go through that recovery and everything. And so honestly, I feel like the Cowboys were kind of giving him a little pity with this deal and kind of saying, you know, Oh, it's, you know, we're here for you and let's give you this huge amount of money just because you got hurt. But it, in my opinion, it, it just doesn't really work like that. You, you Obviously can't do that. Yeah, You can't like when you're, it's, especially when you're coming out that kind of injury, like the best route in my opinion, which, which I thought they're going to go franchise tag. Cause you know, franchise tag gives you that one year window let Dak like come back. Let him play that season. Dak is still gonna pay, get paid like top money, get yeah. a franchise tag. Yeah. So he'll still get paid. And then if he, based off how he performs, you know, sign him to a longer deal. I think like the agent for Dak is a beast. Like for him to negotiate this kind of deal, like yeah. second highest paid behind Patrick Mahomes, coming up an ankle injury, like. Dak is Dak and his agent are like the happiest dudes on earth right now. Yeah, just to give you some perspective, if they would have franchise tagged him, I'm pretty sure that they would have given him around 26 million dollars a year, which yeah. is a lot less than 42 that he's that he's making yeah. right now. So yeah, yeah I I think that which like, I think is fair coming off an injury 
franchise tag him, you know, yeah. play it safe. Don't sign him to a long year long term deal. And on top of that, I forgot to mention, he also also on top of all of this guaranteed money and all this average money every season that he's gonna get, he has a no trade clause in his contract, which, you know, again, we see with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And on top of that, he has a no tag provision, which means that he, 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 the Cowboys can't franchise tag him when his deal's up or anything like that. So, again, the agent for Dak, everyone needs to hire this dude because this guy can get you money even coming off like a horrific ankle injury. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, just to play devil's advocate here, honestly, I think Prescott is a great leader. I think he's a great quarterback. I had him on my fantasy team last year, and for the first four games or so that he was actually playing – I mean, he was on track to be one of the, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I, I think, yeah, obviously the the injury hurt him. But I do think I, I remember hearing there were reports of um, interviews with defenses that had played him against him as a rookie when he was a rookie when he had that crazy season as a rookie along with Ezekiel Elliott. There were reports of defenses saying that he was, you know, calling out defenses like a veteran. He was making all these crazy audibles and everything at the line that rookies typically don't do and so I mean he yeah he, he knows his stuff he's a great quarterback and he's a great leader obviously he's done a lot in the community he's a really good guy and just having a guy like that on your team is great for the locker room and it's great yep. to, it's great to keep that energy there because right I mean he he's the quarterback for America's team you know you want to keep him there you want to keep it consistent but at the same time yeah it's just all, iffy. all that like, money everything yeah. is up in the air and I know like you can say like there's reports and you know, I have friends that are Cowboys um, fans, and, like, there's a lot of Cowboys fans. Obviously. Like, you guys, everyone probably knows a Cowboys fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but They're terrible. Yeah, um, they, 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 they have high hopes every season. It's yeah, kind of sad. Very high feel hopes. feel bad for yeah. them. But they just eat their words later Yeah, on. and so they're, they're saying that. Like, they're, like, trying to, like, tell me that, hey, like, no, but, like, there's reports that he's fine. And there can be reports that you're fine. You can be 100% ready to go for the season. But, like, the quarterback himself – he has to be able to drop back in the pocket and feel himself again. We don't know if Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott is ever going to feel like yeah. that again with his ankle. You like yeah. at some some players they're scared after they get that injury. Like oh, that I would of, be. Yeah. yeah. So are you going to ask Dak Prescott before signing him like, "Hey, are you scared to get on back?" Of course, of course he's not going to say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, like I'm scared." He's just going to be like, "No, like I'm good to go." But it's a whole different game when you're on that field week 1 playing that game you don't know what's gonna happen like for all we know worst case scenario and i i hope this doesn't happen um but you know he might just never feel the same again with his ankle he might get injured again we just don't know and i just think that 126 million guaranteed like he like i don't know i just sound yeah az and i also when when this deal was first made az and i were also talking about the fact that i mean he, he might just get complacent you know he might just say they're paying me all this money, all this guaranteed money, yeah. and you know I don't have to try as hard. Or he may just fall back on the fact that hey, I have I had a really gruesome ankle injury last year. Honestly, any time that I'm not playing well, like, I can just yeah, I can just blame it on that ankle. Yeah, and he might ankle. take his like time to, get, which is totally understandable. Yeah, and yeah. we're not saying Dak Prescott is going to do that because he's a great guy, great person, like as far as we know. And so I don't think he's going to do that, but it's just something to think about that like. Do you pay this guy this much money coming off an ankle? Injury? Yeah, it it puts the Cowboys organization in a sticky situation in terms of how. Even though he's look. a great quarterback, don't get me wrong. I I did not once say that he's not a good quarterback. I just think that 
he like just I just think that Cowboys should have put more thought into this deal and I'm happy for Dak Prescott. I know me and Hayden are both happy. Like yeah. we're all for players getting paid, getting yeah. their money because you know this football is a business. Every sport's a business. So the more people are getting paid, you know, the better. So all good for him. But just something to think about for you know Cowboys fans and you know just to think about like hey like. What kind of, you know, if this was a good decision or not, so. Yeah, I mean, speaking of players getting paid, we've got a big list of guys that were tagged between, honestly, between last night when we were when we were making our list of free agent players that we wanted to talk about on this episode, we started making that list. We called each other at, I would say, around 6 p.m. last night, so it's been more or less, you know, And, like, keep in day. mind, like, we had this list ready to go. It's just, like, things change. Yeah. Like, it's been a week. Since, so many you know, things change. Since Hayden got COVID and stuff like that. So we had to, like, you know, regroup and, like, talk about this stuff. So just to give you guys a rundown of, like, the tag players, which most of these guys got tagged, if not, like, more than half of these guys that I'm about to name, they got tagged today. And yeah. so we, yeah. like, you know, as I was, like, me and Hayden would text each other throughout the day, like, hey, dude, like, look at this, look at this, look at yeah. this. So just to give you guys a rundown, so Panthers, they tagged their um, their offensive tackle, Taylor Moden. Um, Bears, the most recent um, franchise tag, Allen Robinson, which, you know, he was going to be our number one free agent, you know, entering free agency. So, you know, that's something to talk about. Um, you know, we thought the Cowboys would franchise tag that Prescott. That didn't happen, obviously. The Broncos, Justin Simmons, that happened a few weeks ago. Uh, Jaguars, this was sort of a surprise. They uh, they they tagged their left tackle Cam Robinson. Which, um, thinking about that, like you know, they're gonna draft Trevor Lawrence, obviously. So you know, number first thing you do when you get your quarterback is protect that blind side. It's a good look. So yeah. you know, it's it's actually smart to pay him, even though he might not be one of the best left tackles. But you know, it's good to have some of that security. Um, Saints, Marcus Williams, probably the biggest surprise of them all. He's a safety. He's 24 years old. Um, I think I think it was a good decision by the Saints. I didn't yeah. know they would have the cap space to do it, but, you know, they made it work. Giants, Leonard Williams, um, not a surprise. He made that defense good instantly when they traded for him. Jets, Marcus May, you got to keep your leader on that defense. Marcus May is one of the few good things about that roster right now, especially <laughs> on the defense. So I know Robert Sala and uh, their GM, Joe Douglas, went to lock up their leader and someone that really believes in the Jets. Buccaneers, Chris Godwin, not a surprise. Um, Tom Brady loves Chris Godwin, um, loves working with him. Um, And yeah, you know, you got to keep that. You got to keep that championship team intact as much as you can. And then lastly, Washington, um, offensive guard, Brandon Sheriff, um, not a surprise as well. This is the second year in a row that they're franchise tagging him. They need to get him a long-term deal because he's one of the better guards in the NFL. Yeah. So to start off with our free agency predictions and everything, we – first had this list at 10 players so we were going to do five players each and give our take on them and where we think they're going to land but we honestly had to lower it down to eight we didn't really want to bore bore you guys with guys that you know aren't really at the top of the league and aren't really on that elite level and so we really took the eight best guys that we thought um were in free agency and hadn't made a deal yet in terms of returning to their team and or honestly when you guys tagged. listen to this maybe tomorrow or you know later yeah. this week half of these players might <laughs> you know either be you know re-signed i mean free agency opens i think march 17th around that time so we still got t- some time for that you can't start negotiating until like a day or two before you know when the window opens so i don't think half these guys will be resigned but you know like some of the guys will definitely be re- re-signed by their original team so yeah just keep that in mind yeah, so so starting off, our our top eight players heading into free agency, 
Our number one guy is Kenny Galladay. Um, we got news either last night or today that the Lions aren't going to tag him and that they're going to let him go into free agency. And even though I we both thought that they um, that he would be tagged by the Lions yep. and that um, you know that that wouldn't really but be much thought put into Give that some there. Help to Jared Goff, you know. Yeah, exactly. That was it. Was surprising when I saw that report come out that that he's not going to be tagged, but. Nonetheless, we think that he might land in Miami or any of the high cap teams floating around right now. Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams with a with a high cap space, um, but if they can get a talented wide receiver like Jalen Waddle in the draft, I I think that they'll be willing to give up Galladay. And, and I they're, think they're sitting at a good spot. They're sitting um, at number seven. They can trade up, trade back. Like yeah. receiver class, you know, we've mentioned this multiple times. Like. It's a huge, nice class. Like, if this is the year, this is the year to draft a receiver. Like, they, I love the receivers in this class. There's a lot of sleepers that you can even get in the fifth, like fourth, fifth rounds. Um, so it's like you know, if you're a Lions fan, you're like, man, I want a Kenny Galladay, but you know, it's a good year to not you know sign your receiver to a long term contract just because of the. And you know, there's still other free free agency receivers out there. And, oh, plenty. So, yeah, 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 and. Yeah, so for some possible landing points, we thought that maybe if the Browns let go of Odell, we've heard reports of Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay organization and asking for Odell. Tom Brady gets whatever he wants at this yeah, point. We know that. Time. And so, the, honestly, that that's a high that's, possibility. Yeah, that, that's 50-50 at this point. You know, yeah. Odell could very well leave. And obviously with Jarvis Landry in Cleveland and with Cleveland – you know, Cleveland was making it far last season. They like, did it without yeah, they, Odell. So. Yeah, they they gave they gave the Chiefs a run for their money, right? Yep, yeah, yep. and I mean they were the only team that could do that really, aside from the Raiders. The Raiders yeah. were the only team. <laughs> yeah. I did not understand that. Derek but Carr. <laughs> <laughs> again, yeah, uh, but yeah. So I mean, we think that that the Browns would be a great spot for him. And can, I mean, remember, Kenny Galladay is probably the biggest name in terms of wide receivers, and he he had a hard time staying healthy this past season. And Marvin Jones kind of took over in Detroit when that happened. But Kenny Galladay, I mean, he he's a huge receiver. He's he he's he's really good. He's he's elite. He's, like he's typical, top. like prototypical, like typical receiver built. Yeah, know? exactly. So I think it's just gonna end up being a, like a bid, a war, a bidding war of like who's gonna give him. The yeah, exactly. Team. Yeah, and then which you the, know, Miami's sitting on top. Um, Jaguars are sitting on top. Ja- Jets are sitting on top as far as ca- salary cap. The Patriots, you know, are in the top five. So. Patriots need some help too, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so to get into my, um, you know, the second player that we think is uh, in the top eight of heading into free agency is Trent Williams. Um, you know, Trent Williams uh, currently offensive tackle for the 49ers, um, who got traded from um, the Washington Football Team um, earlier in the offseason. Um, you know, Trent Williams, he's gonna want he, he's gonna want three uh, like top three offensive tackle money. Um, I don't. I just don't think the 49ers are going to be willing to give that to him, considering you know their cap situation. And you know you gotta you gotta like consider like he's 33, and he's nearing he's probably nearing the end of his career right now. Yeah. Um, especially being an offensive lineman. So you know I don't think he's gonna he, he's gonna be back with the 49ers. But you know one team that I really really like for him is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, they just obviously they got, you know, and secured their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. And, you know, you got to protect his blind side, um, you know, because their left tackle, who's, you know, he was good for multiple years. Anthony Castanzo, he retired this year. 
Um, so, you know, they don't, they have a, a, a big vacant spot at left tackle, which is, you know, one of the most important um, positions, you know, on the team. If so, not, yeah. Yeah. you know, you pair him up with Quinton Nelson, probably honestly making, couldn't make the case for the best offensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah. Quinton Nelson's a beast. He's a left guard for them. You pair up Trent Williams with him on the left side. No one will be able to touch Carson Wentz, and that is really good for Wentz considering he's on a new team. You let him develop; he'll be able to sit back in the pocket, not you know worry too much about pressure. Which you know the, the Eagles didn't have the best offensive line all the time, um, and so you know he'll be able to play under Frank Wright's system. Um, you know how he did back in Philly when you know they they won the Super Bowl. So you know I think it makes sense for the Colts to sign him to a two to three year deal. Um, and then drafting someone eventually to replace him and learn under someone like Trent Williams is, you know, he, he he has a strong chance of being a Hall of Famer. So I think that's, you know, the best case scenario for the Colts. They have, you know, decent amount of cap money, and I think they should be making a run at Trent Williams. Yeah, I, th- I think it's also a really great thing. Obviously, once you get a franchise QB, hopefully franchise QB like Carson Wentz, I think it's a great thing to bring in an offensive tackle, any any kind of offensive lineman, of you know, especially a veteran like Trent Williams and – Obviously, at the left tackle position, protecting his blind side, he's going to be totally comfortable with Trent Williams and Quentin Nelson on that left side. So, I think, I think it's a great idea. I think, honestly, the Colts. I I commend Az for for you know making this prediction because the Colts, yeah, they would be a great landing spot for Trent Williams, and I think that they will go after him. So, that's that that's that on the Trent Williams situation. Moving on to our third player of the day, we've got Aaron Jones. We kind of mentioned this um, in the last episode, but I really want Aaron Jones to land in Miami, and I just think that with the firepower and and hope for another strong season, they're gonna they're gonna want to keep the weapons that they have and build a stronger backfield. You know, they have Miles Gaskin right now, and they have Tua, um, but I I just think that they need that extra firepower in the backfield, and I think Aaron Jones will give it to him. Aaron Jones, he's a physical runner. He he doesn't necessarily go north and south. I mean, he goes east west sometimes, but when he goes east-west, he makes a play. I mean, he his he he's able to get away from almost any kind of tackle. He I've I've seen clips of him where you know he looks like he's swallowed up and he'll just spin out of it and you know go every which way. And so that that's really a sign of a good running back. I think that he I've had him on my fantasy team the past couple of years and he's done me he's done me some great things. And so I kind of a lot of times I'll gauge you know fantasy or I'll I'll gauge players' potential based off of fantasy and everything. That's what I've done with Cam Akers this past season, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. And to be I, honest, I think, like Aaron Jones, like honestly, like I didn't you. I feel like a lot of people can like attest to this, but like I didn't really know who Aaron Jones was until like two like a year or two years ago. Yeah, like, honestly, like because you know you're, the focus on Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. So I was like, you know, who's Aaron Jones? Like I'd hear like people saying like, dude, Aaron Jones like has a can make a case for like a top five, top seven running back, and I'm like, what? Like what are you talking about? And then I see him play, I'm like. Dang, like yeah. he has good support for Aaron Rodgers, and you know, and I'm, and you know, you would think that like the Packers would want to keep someone like him, um, but you got to think like they have Jamal Williams, I think, yeah. uh, right now under AJ contract. Dillon. I think I, I'm not sure, um, but you know, forget Jamal Williams. You have AJ, AJ Dillon, Dillon. Yeah, who he, performed well. He was a rookie this past season from Boston College. I mean, man's a beast. Um, so I think I think um, the Packers are you know going with those two if not um just aj Dillon, and they're gonna run yeah, with him the, the packers are set i mean aaron jones obviously he's the best back or you know the best choice of back in that backfield but if they're able to give him up or they are able to give him up and obviously you and know, you got to think about that, it like this like 
like they probably want him back. Like I, I know yeah. they want him back and everything, but you just got to think like you know realistically. Like, are you gonna spend like Aaron Jones? You got you want him to be happy too. You got he's gonna get paid like crazy. Yeah. By someone like the Dolphins, so you know the Packers being with Aaron Rodgers, you're gonna be a pass heavy offense game every game, right? Yeah, so, exactly. You know you're never gonna be running the game, the running the ball the whole the whole game. So I think it's the best case scenario for both of them to you know depart on good terms and. Aaron Jones to, you know, get some money. Yeah, and remember, I, I just want to throw this in there that, remember, the Dolphins went 10-6 and six last season and still didn't make it into the playoffs. Obviously, they want to keep that going, and, you know, they have that momentum going into next season, and they have something to prove, you know? And honestly, like, I'm, I'm a Patriots fan. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. We're going we're gonna to talk about it later, but I'm a Patriots fan, and Bandwagon. And no. Bandwagon. Well, well, we, I said we would get into it next week. Bandwagon. <laughs> so... Obviously, yeah, I'm not really supposed to like the Dolphins, and I'm not supposed to like the Bills, and both the Dolphins and the Bills had amazing seasons this past season, and honestly, I'm, I'm rooting for them, you know? I think that there should be a change-up in division leaders, and I think that the Dolphins, and I, I think that if the Dolphins can get Aaron Jones, and if they can get possibly a wide receiver that we'll talk about later in the show, I think if they can get both, if they can lock up both of those, then... They can make a run, you know, for the AFC title with the Bills and everything. To Tua. Like you give support yeah. to, you know, a young quarterback who I I think the Dolphins, like we've talked about this in the past, but I think they'll roll with him for this year and give him another shot. Yeah. Like draft yeah. a receiver like Jamar Chase in the draft. You're sitting at number yeah. three. Get someone like him. Um and I know they like Najee Harris too. Like I know the Dolphins are like huge on him. But if you can secure someone like Aaron Jones and then get a receiver in the draft, like that's really good. Um, so going to the going into our you know our, our fourth free agent, um, Shaq Barrett. All right. So you know Bruce Arians has made it extremely clear that you know he loves Shaq Barrett. He's a you know a sack machine for that defense with Jason Pierre-Paul, um, and you know th- they want him back for you know more years. And so I think the top remaining piece of you know this championship team is Barrett. Um, cause you know, the Buccaneers, like we said, they locked up Chris Godwin with the franchise tag. And, um, today, which, you know, a deal I was kind of surprised about that. I didn't think they would have this cap space to do was Levante David. They signed him to a two year deal. So, you know, and, and per sources, they're currently discussing a deal. And, um, in my opinion, they'll get it done with, uh, Shaq Barrett. If, if they can f- figure out this, uh, the salary cap, um, situation and everything like that. And, um, another thing to keep in mind is uh, general ma- manager Jason Light is also discussing a new deal with Tom Brady, um, which should open up some cap space to keep their, you know, their defense intact, which, you know, they're Hayden couldn't agree with me, but that the defense was, you know, they're, they're the main reason, you know, they won that Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, yeah. You know, the chiefs offense. So, you know, I think if they can pull it off with Levante, David, Chris Garner and Shaq Barrett, like, don't be surprised, you know, if you see, the Bucks in the Super Bowl again next year. You know, being a Falcons fan, I hate to say that, but, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, it, it, with Tom Brady at quarterback, you know. You it's inevitable. To, yeah. Yeah. So. You can't do anything about it. Yep. Um, but speaking about Tom, or, you know, speaking on the topic of Tom Brady, I know they're not playing together anymore, but Joe Tooney is our fifth free agent of the day. And I'm seeing lots of reports saying that the Bengals are going to try to go after uh, Tooney, and that's happening right now. Obviously, they can't. You know, they can't sign him because free agency isn't open yet. But um, that's obviously no bueno for me being a Pats fan. But with Trent Brown coming back to New England, um, they just got Trent Brown from the Raiders. 
And so when with him with him coming back to New England, I'm thinking that there's bigger needs on the offense right now. Obviously, it's good to have O linemen, but I think we can let go of jo- Joe Tooney here and you know and and roll with Trent Brown coming back. And obviously, our QB situation is horrendous right now, and the wide receiver situation is horrendous. Our whole offense is just not when not where it needs to be. And you know, I'm I'm really hoping that Garoppolo will come back to to a New England. I've heard reports of of Bill Belichick, you know, possibly saying good things about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's always had good things about Jimmy or to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just that I don't I don't really know what happened a few years ago with with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo it trade just, to the 49ers. I, I think like you got to keep Tom Brady happy 24/7. Tom yeah. Brady probably just felt like dude, like what are y'all doing? Like I still got multiple years left. Yeah. Like, are y'all going to sign him to another contract? You can't have two big deals for two quarterbacks on the same roster. So, I don't think it was anything bad. They just just wanted to get Jimmy Garoppolo out and be a quarterback somewhere else. Yeah, and and even though the, the Patriots have one of the highest cap spaces in the league right now, I just think that they're going to want to spend it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, just and, because and the Bengals and Joe Tooney, like, you protect Joe Burrow. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. reason he got hurt was because no offensive line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. if, if you can protect him, dude, we saw some crazy, crazy. plays out, of, out yeah. of him last season get before him he got hurt. Protection, get him another yeah. receiver, and he's good to go. Yeah, great. I so, mean, yeah. Going into our next free agent, um, we have Wolf Fuller. Um, you know, I think Will Fuller's decision depends a lot on Deshaun Watson. And, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson's most likely going to leave. So Fuller's going to want to leave. He's not going to stay in Houston. So that's pretty much certain. Um, so I think, you know, again, there's a bunch of receivers in this market. So a few teams like Bengals, Ravens, Colts. Um, he'll probably land somewhere, you know, around those teams. But, you know, one thing I thought interesting was, I was telling Hayden, was the during the trade deadline in the middle of the season, the Packers were making a strong, strong push for Will Fuller. You know, make Aaron Rodgers happy. He was not happy when they drafted Jordan Love out of nowhere. Don't know what they were doing with that. But, you know, go after Will Fuller. You have decent amount of cap space. You didn't sign Aaron Jones to a deal. You know, go get Will Fuller. Get Devontae Adams, you know, some help. Yeah. Like, imagine that offense with speed of Will Fuller and then oh, Devontae Adams being Devontae Adams. Like, that is a really good, you know, offense for them. And I know Fuller has just, you know, he's had a hard time staying healthy, but, you know, and he's never played a full season, but, you know, he's produced like almost 900 yards, um, eight touchdowns in just 11 games last season. And, you know, Deshaun Watson had one of his, you know, best seasons last year too. And obviously Will Fuller yeah. was a part of that. So all, that he's all he had. That, that's yeah. all Deshaun Watson had. Yep. So, yeah, I, I just think that Will Fuller would be a great fit, um, you know, in – in Green Bay and Will Fuller, I think Will Fuller is a really underrated guy. A lot of people hit on him for no reason, but um, yeah. Moving on to our seventh guy of the day, we've got another wide receiver here, Juju Smith-Schuster. We recently got news of Big Ben staying another year in Pittsburgh, and I think that's largely to try to develop Haskins for another year nope. or a year since. No. Nope. <laughs> well, they 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 obviously see something in Haskins and i i don't know what it is we don't know what I it think is it's just like a ticket to like one last shot kind of thing yeah and and obviously yeah they're getting him a chance and everything and i think ben, big ben staying is to develop him because we we even compared Haskins to big ben we said you know he they're both big body he, yeah he he's a big guy and he you know they're not the most mobile guys and yeah. you know they have good arm big arms so yeah so i i think that he's going to stay there to try to develop Haskins for another year but i think that I think actually that um, Big Ben's decision to stay for another year should be driving Juju away from the Steelers because with Big Ben's arm, you know, nowhere what it used to be, yeah. 
Juju's having a really hard time showing his true talent. Yeah, and, and you got you got Chase Claypool, you know, a yeah. new star with the yeah. Steelers. Like it, it's just. I don't know. I don't think Juju sees him being like he. I think Juju wants to be the top receiver. Yeah. And now with Chase Claypool having a really good year, I think people are gonna like Chase Claypool more than more than Juju. I think I think Juju's fine with being kind of in in the shadow of somebody. And so my prediction here is that he's gonna try to team up with a younger QB in Kyler Murray in Arizona. And obviously, Az said that he probably wants to be the number one wide receiver. But I think that he's fine with being. A number two wide receiver because he's I mean he's not really a wide out he's more of a slot type of guy yeah he's really but you aggressive. guys saying Larry Fitzgerald I mean that would be a good fit if Larry Fitzgerald decides to retire but I mean I don't know they got Christian Kirk too yeah they, they have Christian Kirk and but, DeAndre Hopkins obviously and so. the, yeah Christian Kirk's more of a slot guy as well but so. they they could put Juju on the outside he's really physical I mean he he can throw a cornerback off of him any day so but again think of someone like the Jets yeah number one I, receiver right away yeah I. I I just think that they need some more development there. I think that Juju's kind of ready to. Yeah, I think he just I, wants to win. Yeah, he, he and he might reached, be willing to take less money to win somewhere. Yeah, else. he's gotten over that hump of just being, you know, this young wide receiver that not many people know about. I mean, he he's all over TikTok right now, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Colts, Colts yeah, could be another good option. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that any, like we said, any of the any of the teams that have a market for wide receivers right now could be a great fit for him. And then um, you know to go into our last one. Um, Hunter Henry, I, I'm a I'm a pretty good I'm a pretty big fan of Hunter Henry. Um, I think you know he clicked he, with uh, Justin Herbert really well last year. Um, he turned 27 in December. Um, still still young. He had a career best 60 receptions for 613 yards and four touchdowns for the Chargers last season. May not seem like a lot, but I mean he was a really reliable target for Justin Herbert. They got along. Um, and honestly, I expected the Chargers to franchise tag him, and they did place the franchise tag on, on him last year, so that might have made them not do it again this year, but I was really expecting them to either get a long-term deal done, which, you know, it's still possible to happen, still might happen, but I really, really feel like the Chargers need to keep him. Um, a, a quarterback's best friend is a tight end. That's your safety guy. We see that with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, like, where does Tom Grady go when he needs some help, when he needs to get some momentum? He'll go to Gronk, and he'll get that momentum back. So I think a quarterback's best friend is definitely a tight end. I love tight ends, and I think Justin Herbert and him really clicked. I don't think you can take away Herbert and, you know, having a good season. Like, you can't take away, like, one of his favorite weapons right away. Like, that That kind of, like, mess, you know, mess some things out. But, you know, if that doesn't work out, um, one team I was really thinking about with um, – the amount of cap space they have is the Patriots. Um, Patriots known for you know their tight ends with Gronk, obviously, but yes, sir. and Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, they love using a tight end in their offense. Um, and Hayden mentioned, I know they like had like three rookie tight ends last season. Yeah, like, their I know tight they, end situation. I know they hated that. Yeah, so. Terrible. Um, you know, they're top five in cap space. Uh, he's a solid pass catcher as well as you know a top blocker. So you know that gives uh, Julian Edelman some help, and you know. Um, less reliability for whoever their next quarterback is. And, you know, Hayden made a good point. Like, I think Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo would be a good fit. Like, I think, obviously, we saw him perform well with the Patriots when he was there, when Tom Brady, you know, was not available. And, you know, I think that would be pretty cool for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't – I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, but, you know, I think going back to New England where he started off, um, I think where he knows his system, yeah. where he performed well in, um, I think he'll love being back there. And, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo had George Kittle – 
get him another court, uh, get him another tight end, and um, Hunter Henry. Yeah, in New England. Yeah, that that would be a great fit. And obviously, I'm rooting for Hunter Hunter Henry to land in New England with Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. But that'll take a lot of negotiating to do. But moving on to our last topic of the topic of the day, we have our four free agents that we like and that we think are kind of underrated and where we think they should go. So starting out with my first two. I have J.C. Jackson and Corey Davis. So for J.C. Jackson, I, he, he's a young guy, obviously. He's one of the most underrated quarters in the league, in my opinion. Maybe I'm just biased because I'm a Patriots fan. But Bias. I, I, I think that, and bad bandwagon. <laughs> I, think, I think AZ can, can, can attest to how, you know, how, how good J.C. Jackson yeah. has been for the Patriots in his past three seasons. So going off of that, in his, in his first three seasons in the league, he's racked up a total of 100 tackles, two fumble recoveries, Seven interceptions and 30 passes defended with both of his fumble recoveries and nine of his 17 picks all coming this past season. He's also able to stay healthy, and he's played all 16 regular season games over the past two seasons, and he played 13 his rookie season. So he had a huge season last season, and, you know, obviously with the whole COVID thing and everything like that, a lot of guys kind of were underperforming a little bit, but J.C. Jackson was able to stay up there. Obviously... His tackles aren't exactly where you want him to be, but I mean, 100 tackles over three seasons—that's that's pretty good for a corner. And he's he's a physical guy, and he goes up and gets the ball. That's why he has 17 total interceptions. And um, yeah, I think I think with a physical cornerback like him, the Patriots can't really you know they can't really go wrong with him. And I think that that if if they keep him on that defense, he's going to become one of the leaders pretty soon. And uh, we don't even know what's going on with Stephon Gilmer. Like it's looking like they're yeah. going to trade him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so they're so. gonna they're gonna need J.C. Jackson to back that yeah. up. But moving on to my second, um, as I said, Corey Davis. He's not even he's not even the number one wide receiver in Tennessee. Obviously behind A.J. Brown, but he still so shows amazing amazing potential in my opinion. Again, he's a pretty young guy, and I feel like if he were go if he were to go to a team that isn't so run heavy like the Titans, then he would be a much bigger factor in their offense. The Titans, obviously, they have Derrick Henry, and, you know, they go play action on almost every pass they do. And so, it you know, it's not – it's. I feel like Corey Davis isn't really able to show his stuff, especially with A.J. Brown being kind of the focus in that offense in terms of passing. And I'm thinking that maybe the Colts would be a good fit. I know that Corey Davis isn't really one of the biggest names, and the Colts are probably going to try to land a wide receiver that's – a big name this year because they have a lot of cap space. But I think that Corey Davis, like I said, I think Corey Davis can become one of those big guys if he weren't, you know, kind of overshadowed by A.J. Brown and if he weren't in such a run-heavy offense. I just think that, you know, with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, I think that bringing in Corey Davis and possibly Trent Williams, I think that would be a great, you know, two great guys to kind of, yeah, to kind of, back up, up yeah. yeah to kind of help Carson Wentz and make him feel comfortable you know yeah. you need to make a guy like Carson Wentz feel comfortable because he hasn't had success the past few seasons yeah. and he, he hasn't you know he hasn't felt that success and he needs to kind of have Get that confidence groove, yeah. yeah and so I think Corey Davis would be a good you know a, a good humble player to have so that those are just my two players I'm gonna let AZ talk about his now yeah so my two are um both coming from the NFC West in uh Richard Sherman and Chris Carson so to start off, Richard Sherman, um, you know, if I'm a team with a pretty young defense looking for some, you know, leadership on that side of the ball or, you know, leadership in general, like another leader in the locker room, I'm looking at Richard Sherman. Um, I know, like, even though he is 32 years old, 
I still think he is one of the better corners in the NFL. I don't know if Hayden can agree to that. Yeah, for sure, yeah. But, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Sherman as a player and, you know, more of a person. And, you know, I think there are multiple fits for him, you know, such as the Jets with Robert Sala, obviously, um, who was the, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, and he just worked with him. And the Jets need a corner. They need help. Um, on that secondary, even though they got Bryce Hall from UVA, shout out to Bryce Hall, yes, sir, had a Bryce great Hall. rookie season. Um, so to pair someone with Bryce Hall, that would be, you know, solid for Robert Sala in that defense. Um, but you know, one team, I think that should really go after him. If the cap space works out is the Cowboys <laughs> and, you know, Falcons old head coach, Dan Quinn, um, he's their new defensive coordinator and, you know, if you look back in, in the past, who was the defensive coordinator with Sherman during the time um, of the Legion of the Boom, um, which was Dan Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. So, which, you know, that's when Sherman had his, you know, best seasons mm -hmm. as well. So I think, and again, Cowboys need some leadership on that defense. I don't really see it like. Sean Lee, I don't know. Landon Van Der Esch, he's hurt all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's on the sidelines. Yeah, you can't Demarcus really... Lawrence, I don't think he's much of a you know a vocal guy. So Richard Sherman, like he improves that defense right away. Yeah. Dan Quinn, familiarity, get you know some leadership, um, and I think that'll be intriguing to him with Dak, Dak Prescott coming back. Zeke, um, you know, you got solid receivers in CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, like. You know, honestly, like on paper, the Cowboys are ready to make a playoff run. And if they, you add yeah. Richard Sherman on that defense, like amazing fit. So that's just, you know, my take for where I think Richard Sherman should go and where he would fit best. Um, my second is Chris Carson. Um, I love Chris Carson. He's an underrated back, um, but he, you know, he's definitely one of the most physical backs in the NFL. He runs hard. He doesn't run side to side. He runs more vertical. Um, he, you won't really see him lose yards. He'll fight for every single yard. Um, my only concern is, you know, he's injury prone, but you know, when he's on the field, he's a difference maker, you know, in the game. So some, some fits I see are with the jets, the bills. Um, and lastly, the Falcons, I know I'm a Falcons fan, but with Arthur Smith, there, the new head coach, um, obviously Arthur Smith coming from Tennessee, he was their offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Derrick Henry had his best, you know, seasons under Arthur Smith with that play action offense. Carson, Chris Carson fits perfectly in my opinion mm -hmm. in that offense. You get a physical back for Arthur Smith. You get someone who runs vertical. Um, you know, a Derrick Henry style like physical back. So I think I think Chris Carson's a perfect fit if the Falcons can make, um, you know, make it work with the cap space. They're you know they're really drowning in you know cap money right now. So. I think, you know, Chris Carson with the Falcons is a great a great fit. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up our four guys that we think are underrated. And we are kind of running out of time here. And so we're, we're kind of just going to wrap up this episode with that. We got into a lot of free agency stuff. We're really happy with what we got into today. And we are happy that you guys have made it this far. If you have, obviously, like we said last time, you're a real one. Yeah, and you guys we, are real. If you guys made it this far, we love you guys. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you guys are subs are subscribed on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. Tell your and friends, if you're family, <laughs> grandparents. If, if you're listening on Spotify. Neighbors. Give us a follow. Aunts, uncles. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> give, give us a follow on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Tell all of your friends and tell all of your family. 
Uh, we love you guys. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time.